Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome to, yes, another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And it's a good old podcast. It's uh, just looking through. Yep. 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 Hold on. Yep. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'm in it. Yep. And no Max Russian. Yeah, brilliant podcast. And we start on Drive with Adrian Durham, Goffey, of course, alongside him, back in the studio and carrying on where we left off with a rant on Arsenal's current state of form and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's future. Don't know why I did it like that. I want to say this about Aubameyang, and, and yeah, he's been very good, but he, listen, is he world-class? Does he does he belong in that world-elite level? He's kind of irrelevant to Arsenal, uh, really, because he is one of their best players. And effectively, what you said earlier, Darren, is right. They can't afford to lose him, but there is a tradition with Arsenal. We go back to Vieira, Henri, Fabregas, Nasri, Van Persie, Ramsey even. Arsenal have a proud tradition of losing their star players. It's what they do. It happens. It's their club policy. And and which idiot thinks this is going to change all of a sudden, especially when they've like delved into mid-table and aren't likely to do anything special? They're mid-table nobodies, basically, Arsenal, right now. They're not likely to get significantly better. Um, they've been bypassed by a lot of clubs. They've lost touch with Europe's elite. They then started winning FA Cup finals by way of an apology to their fans, and the fans swallowed it. Now they lose finals in the Losers' Cup. That's what Arsenal do. So there is, I can't see a reason for Aubameyang to stay, apart from money. So if you're just persuading him to stay at Arsenal with a Meza Ozil-type offer, is that a really good reason to try and keep the player? Is he there for the right reasons if it's just about the money, really? Now we can check in with Laura Woods, the wonderful Laura Woods, on the breakfast show yesterday morning. Ali McCoist was alongside and their guest was the former Arsenal striker Kevin Campbell, of course, famous for the soups. He was also talking about Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Again, no idea. I think Arsenal have, have shot themselves in the foot yet yeah. again. Mm-hmm. They've played a game and they've took a risk, hoping that they'll qualify for the Champions League. So that will obviously that will push him to, to to be signing, to think about signing. But it isn't quite working out this season. It's a very, very dangerous game that they're playing. He guarantees you goals. If you if you sell your goals, you're in a very difficult position to replace them. He's guaranteed to get you 20 goals a season, minimum. So how are you going to replace it? I don't know. But again, I think the, the, the backroom people and, and the hierarchy have said they'll never put themselves in this position again. But what have they done? They've put themselves in this position again. So I think Aubameyang's right to put the ball firmly in their court. And it's up to them to 
to, to make some moves and prove to him that, you know, they're serious. Now, this is the Press Box with Danny Kelly, Sean Custis and Katie Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan. And, of course, it may surprise you that uh, in this clip we're going to play, Simon Jordan is a... Uh... Oh, no, it won't surprise you at all. I'm a little moan up. When you think the Premier League hits a standard that is not likely to be emulated, along comes a season, I'm just going back to Liverpool very briefly for a second, where yeah, no, they take away the disappointments of not winning the league last year with a monumental points total, which would have won it every year for the previous 10 or more, and yeah. they come back, uh, of course the Champions League would have galvanised them winning that, they come back and they raise the bar again. So I think that's great for the products in terms of the nature of Liverpool arriving amongst the, 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 the legions of clubs that have won the Premier League. When you're involved with a football team, you want to win the games that are in front of you because that's what you do. The flip side to that argument is it, you take it when you can get it, of course, but is yeah. it the right part of Sheffield United's blueprint to find themselves in Europe at this stage in their evolution? Because every time we hear clubs with this sort of resource finding themselves in Europe, whether it's Burnley. the Europa League... Burnley being specific case in point, it always seems to impede their start. It goes back to even as far back as 2001 when Ipswich were going great guns, much to the amusement of our producer, but were in European competitions and relegated the following season. Now, ahead of the first Premier League game since March, wow, March, Aston Villa boss Dean Smith, smudger, has addressed the media previewing tomorrow night's game against Sheffield United after a three-month break. <gasps> Football. Just listen to that. Me saying there's a game tomorrow night for the first time since, well, March. Well, I've already said that in the link. Anyway, football's back. Off you go, Smudge. You know, there's no teams in form at the moment. There's no players in form at the moment. Um, they're going to have to go and earn the form as, as a team and as a player. Um, so there's a, an awful lot of, you know, uh, not knowing what's going to happen. Um but I can only go off what I've seen on the training ground. We've had a couple of games against West Brom, Jalvin and Leicester. Um, and I'm, I'm good with what I've seen so far. And uh, now we just have to go and take it onto the pitch um, on a match day. The thing that I've got, we've got on our side, and I keep saying this to, to the players, is you know, everybody's written us off already. You know, uh, we, we were down on points per game, whether it was weighted or not, even though we had game in hand you know, and, a, and over a quarter of the season left to play. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that our confidence was very low when you know the season was was brought to a, a halt and a, and a pause, and it's gave, given us a, an unbelievable opportunity to to go and reset. And you know our job now is to go and prove to ourselves that we're good enough, but also prove a lot of people wrong who have written us off. Now, as always, uh, producer Tom has written a very detailed link for Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. They, of course, do the show Monday to Friday from 1pm to 4pm. Great show. And uh, here's Aiton Show. This is Mike Parry reacting to the news that Switzerland and Austria would host Euro 2008. The only thing in Switzerland and Austria are mostly mountains and then, of course, the cuckoo clocks and the Lederhosen and the old alpine horn. I mean, crikey, you know, what sort of a country is this to host a football tournament? <laughs> Well, it's two to for a start. Yeah. And I think you've gone quite route one on the cliches there, Mike, apart from the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Switzerland is sort of where FIFA's based, whatever you think of them. This is Alan Brazil yes. now being quizzed about his route home. 
Did you A1 it all the way home? No, I didn't actually. I, I, went, I went down the um, M1, M6, and then I cut across this new road, which is excellent. If you don't know, it's the A50 at Junction 16. It goes from Stoke on the M6 right to past Derby on the M1. And then you go down the M1 a bit, and then you cut across an A14. It's brilliant. It cuts out Birmingham. It's excellent. <laughs> I always loved about that clip. Is it anything? Yeah, it's like it's not a great. Is it? It cuts out Birmingham. It's excellent. And this was obviously before the toll road. So, <laughs> how many times did we catch Alan doing that? Giving that route out honestly. the A50. Oh, yeah, in the end, it was always it was so many cars on. Well, you'd take the A50. It was busier than the M1 at Fort Dunlop. Uh, the, yeah, the M6. I mean, because Alan had given it out so many times. <laughs> Actually, it's not the first time. Here we are. It's not the first time he got excited about the A50. Here he is with uh, Robbie Fowler. Good How are morning. you, Rob? You okay? Good weekend? You're not too bad, mate. I'm down at St. George's Park doing my MEA license. So, uh, oh, lovely. I passed it the other day. I didn't realise it's just off that A50, isn't it? Um, yes, that's the one, mate. Yeah, you're not sure Robbie's uh, au fait <laughs> with the A50 though. route. I think <laughs> He normally just uh, tips into the traffic. Uh, and finally, we go back to Mike Dickin, the late, great Mike Dickin, bemoaning his health and channeling his inner Craig David. Once upon a time, you had a cold. It started on Monday. It was bloody awful on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, it started to disappear. Now you get a cold on Monday. It gets worse on Tuesday, worse than that on Wednesday. By Thursday, you can't speak. On Friday, you really can't move. Saturday and Sunday, you spend the whole damn weekend in bed. Monday, you feel like death warmed up, and Tuesday, you don't feel much better. Wednesday, you may wander down to have a little watch the telly for five minutes. Come Thursday and Friday, you think, oh, I may just be able to go out by now. But within three weeks, you may just be able to get back to work. <laughs> three weeks? Always felt that was the lyric that, uh, that Craig Davis should have gone with. Now, would you believe it? This is the actor, director, and Tottenham fan, Sir Kenneth Branagh. Oh, no, I should be knee you when I say Sir Kenneth Branagh. I don't know why I said it in that voice. He joined Paul Coit on Sports Day on Talk Sport 2. And what? They've got a breakfast show over there on Talk Sport 2. I never knew that. Anyway, he spoke about meeting one of his Spurs idols. First time I met Pat Jennings, I, I could not speak. I, I, met, I haven't met both of them, but Alan Mullery and Steve Perryman, I wrote to both of them when I, I had an 8, 9, 10. Did you? And, and each of them sent, an, for a photograph, uh, and each sent that photograph back, autograph photograph. So when I then, I don't know, you know, 30 years later, yeah. met uh, Alan Mullery at a match, I mean, again, I could hardly speak, but I was basically trying to say thank you very much for sending that photograph. I cannot tell you my... I was walking on air to think that they they could have done such a thing, and so, yeah, it's amazing to 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 meet those people who've given you such enormous pleasure uh, in this great game. Now this is Jose or Jose Font, the Lille defender and former Saints captain on the Jim White Show, and he said that clubs in France are angry and frustrated about getting league uh, ending uh, league. I think uh, most of uh, the footballers and most people uh, uh, with connections to, to, to football clubs have that feeling because you see all the other leagues uh, restarting, you see everyone finishing their championships and unfortunately uh, we're not able to do that. So, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing not being given that opportunity. Our objective was clear this year was to finish in the Champions League spot and we, had, and we finished fourth 
one point off uh, the third position and uh, the access to the Champions League. And, you know, we, we had our hopes of catching Marseille too in the second spot. We were on a good form. We were on a good run. And obviously for Lille, it's a massive loss. And for the for the players as well, obviously we uh, we are losing with this situation. Um, that, that's, that, that, that's obvious. Now, this is The Times' Henry Winter on The Breakfast Show talking Marcus Rashford and the remarkable charity work he's doing during lockdown. Rashford, that is, not Henry Winter. What Marcus Rashford has been doing, particularly in lockdown, with so many kids obviously not able to go into school unless they're the children of key workers, it's making sure that they continue to be fed. And so what he's done today, and what he's been doing for the last few months with Fair Share, the the charity which we distribute food, is making sure that all these kids who are really suffering, facing hardship and hunger, that they are getting fed. So he has raised more than £20 million to uh, make sure these these meals get to these kids. Three million meals a week. I mean, he's doing remarkable work. So today, his letter, it's an open letter, very passionate letter, long letter to all MPs to ask them, urge them when they meet tomorrow to discuss whether the uh, the food voucher scheme should be continued into the summer to really to think you know, so strongly about this and what it means. And it's very passionate. He's had messages, thousands of messages from fathers who are suffering depression because they can't feed their kids. Mm. He also talks about... He said, you know, when I made my debut uh, for England, I, I stood there on the pitch and thanked all those people who'd helped me. And he thought of the fact that his mother, who worked incredibly hard to look after to the kids, but the fact that that family growing up in Withenshaw, they had to go to food banks. They had to go to soup kitchens. And he quite rightly says, this is a, you know, the 21st century. We should not, this should not be happening in 2020. So I think it's, I think it's a very powerful letter. And, Sometimes I don't know whether he's more impressive on the field or off it. So I'm about to check in with Jim White and Danny Murphy, who are joined by me, Roy Hodgson, the Crystal Palace manager. I was very, very happy. It sounds nothing like him. It just sounds like I've got a cold. Anyway, Roy thinks that clubs should focus on giving their academy graduates a chance during the final games of the Premier League season. Do you, Roy? Very, very much. especially for teams maybe who are going to find themselves in a position where there isn't so much left to play for for them. You know, they're free of the danger of relegation and uh, they don't maybe have the chance of a, a Champions League place ahead of them. And that won't be the case when we start, but it might be the, the case going into the last four or five games. For Crystal Palace, the academy is going to be very important. We, we've been working hard these last couple of years to improve our academy to spend a lot of money on it it's a real a real pet project of the of the chairman's to get our academy at Beckenham up to the standard he would like and of course to get category one status and if we could do that I think it will help us to attract more players because we do have a catchment area where a lot of players are are actually out there Um, but we need to have the facilities really to make certain that they know Crystal Palace is the Academy to join. Back now to breakfast. This is the chart manager, Lee Bowyer, who confirmed that Lyle Taylor has not changed his mind on playing again this season for the club. Bowyer also confirmed that Taylor, Solly and Davis have not been seen at training. Mm, tough times at Charlton. No, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I don't know where that's come from, but um, Lyle is not in and training he hasn't been since he said he wasn't going to play so 
um, yeah, nothing's changed. I've not seen any of the three of them since they said they wasn't going to play the games. Then there was no point then coming in um, because we, we have to focus with the group that we have to, to get ready for obviously hold the weekend and, and the other eight games afterwards. So no, none of the other players have been in since. Lowell took a, a lot of the stick for that, but obviously there was there was three players that decided not just Lowell. So. That was disappointing, but I understand why people focused on Lowell because he, he's our main striker. He's the one that scores us goals. So, um, but is what it is. I've moved on. That's that's old news for me now. Until what you've just said, but um, but yeah, no, we've moved on. Now, of course, it was a busy night on Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar Monday, Thursday, from ten pm. Obviously, I was back, so the show was back to sort of ninety-five plus percent, and. It was the big old Sports Bar Cup final between beer and aftershave. Who's your money on? Beer have tried everything, but aftershave have shown that they're more than just a bunch of pretty boys. And with the ball whacked upfield by aftershave, that is it. It's all over. Aftershave have won the Sports Bar Cup. Goals by Tabak and Hugo Boss in the first half, a half in which Beer were never able to settle, did the damage. They got one back in the second half, did Beer, but it wasn't enough. Tactically, Aftershave got it right. Great scenes here, the players hugging themselves, Aftershave's fans spraying all sorts of stuff over one another, as is their wont when they celebrate victory. But this is the biggest moment in the club's history. Aftershave have done brilliantly, and they showed in that second half that they're not just a team which can play some pretty football, they can also hang on and also rough it up just a little bit if they want to as well. Brilliant tactics by the coach, you have to say. Aftershave 2, Beer 1. Aftershave are the Sports Bar Cup champions. Will you do a little impromptu rap as to uh, the story you've just told us? No. What you're going to have to. You're going to have to. I'll, I'll it sounds like you're really better off the top of the head than you realise. No, we need, we need it now. All right? Don't let us down. Uh-huh. Jay, lay down the beat. Boom. Boom. So there was once a time Boom. I was out on a date. Boom. It was late, a little past eight. Boom. And now guess what? Boom. I've got something on my plate. Boom. It better not arrive late. Boom. I say big up Jace. Boom. And big up Andy. Me Boom. and the girl, we got Randy. Boom. And next thing you know, it was fine Boom. and dandy. If it comes out a boy, I Boom. might call it Andy. Boom. Come on. Boom. <laughs> Good work, man. Boom. Congratulations. Thank Let us keep us up to date, Boom. yeah? Of course, gentlemen. I will, man. Thank Boom. you. Good work. Thanks, Boom. man. All right, man. Bye. Jay, you can, Jay, you can stop doing that. You can stop doing that now, Boom. Jay. Boom. Boom. Well, that's it for another podcasting thing. A reminder, of course, you can download previous and future ones and subscribe via Acast, Spotify or Apple Pods. Today being Tuesday means there's live football. No, there isn't. You got that wrong. It doesn't start till Wednesday. German football. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah. Half past five on TalkSport 2. Borussia Mönchengladbach in action against Wolfsburg. Commentary from Rob Daly and Chris Perry. And then at half past seven, it's Werder Bremen against Bayern Munich. Also live on TalkSport 2. Commentary from Kevin Hatchard and Chris Perry. Well, that's it. That's all we've got time for. Thanks so much for listening. Of course, I'm back tonight. It's Tuesday 
the day before the Premier League begins. <gasps> Again, obviously, I mean, it's already begun, but continues and begins. Anyway, irrelevant. Make sure you join me and Moonface for more of the same from 10pm tonight. In the meantime, have a good day. Keep your distance. Have a barbecue. Buy a car. Hire a cleaner. Can't get your hair cut yet, which is quite annoying. And uh, what else can you do? Oh, yeah, you can have like your own little social bubble where six people can come over to your house. They can be the six people from one family or six different people. Still not quite sure how that works. But anyway, in the meantime, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.